the weekly message from Encounter, where the past has no future and hope is reborn. Our speaker today is Bishop Michael Rice, lead pastor at Encounter. Good morning, church. Y'all ready for Christmas? It's coming. Cue the Jaws music in the background. It's coming. Ready or not, it's coming. It's good to see you guys today. I'm glad to gather with you and worship with you and engage the Lord with you. I understand he's with us personally all the time. There's something else happens when we get together and we, we push through and have one mind and one accord and we engage him. Amen? You ever wondered why God chose you? It's a, it's a mystery. It's a, a subject I've never attempted to teach on because I don't understand it. But the word of God says he chose us. We are a chosen people. And I wondered why he chose me. I made the mistake, you know, when, when I got saved, I, I felt like I had it all together in life. And uh, I was financially well off. I, I thought I had it going on. And I got saved. I really thought God got a good deal. I'm just, I know that's ridiculous. I'm just being open with you, okay? I thought God got a good deal. I was relatively intelligent. I had money. Man, now he can do something. Like eight months later, I'm homeless. <laughs> he, didn't, he didn't save me because of my money. He didn't save me because of my intelligence. He didn't call me because of any of that. So why did he call me? Why did he choose you? Luke chapter 5. This is actually a very freeing word, but I'm also sensitive to my spirit. This may offend some people because it's going to go contrary to what you may want to believe. But how many knows that the truth always sets us free? Always sets us free. If you've heard a word from somebody prophecy, a message, a teaching that has put you in bondage, it's not a word from God. The word sets free. Luke chapter 5, verse 1. And it came to pass that as the people pressed upon him to hear the word of God, he stood by the lake of Gennesaret and saw two ships standing by the lake but the fishermen were gone out of them and were washing their nets and he entered into one of the ships which was Simon's and prayed him that he would thrust out a little from the land and he sat down and taught the people out of the ship now when he had left speaking he said unto Simon 
launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a draught. And Simon answering said unto him, Master, we've toiled all night and have taken nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net. And when they had done, when they had this done, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes and their net break. And they beckoned unto their partners, which were in the other ship, that they should come and help them. And they came and filled both the ships so that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he was astonished, and all that were with him at the draught of the fishes which they had taken. Would you pray with me and for me this morning? Father, I want to unburden my heart with what I believe you have burdened it with. Holy Spirit, you're the real teacher. You're the real preacher here. You're the one that gives liberty and life. And I'm just holding on to your promise today that this word will not return void. It will accomplish that which you have sent it to do. And Father, gladly, we'll kick over religious idols today. In Jesus' name, amen. I love it when the Holy Spirit can take just what seems like a, a routine story and, and you find out there's a feast in there. And some people say the devil's in the details. I say the, the freedom's in the details. And it just so happened that Jesus was teaching and all these people pressed in on him to the point where you know, they didn't have this microphone, and there were a lot of people, and pretty soon they, you know, they, they couldn't hear, and there's, and so Jesus wanted to take advantage of the reflective ability of water to reflect sound. If you've ever been on a lake, somebody can, you, somebody can be 100 yards down the shore, and you can't hear them, but put a guy out in the boat, you know, half a mile away and you can almost hear him talk it just it's the, the the water reflects the sound it almost acts like a and Jesus wanted to take advantage of that and so he walks to the shore and he sees a scene here there's there's two boats there and he chooses to get in one of the boats The, 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 the way that this language is, is written here, and I'm not a linguist. I'm, I'm going to have to trust those that are more intelligent. The, the way that it's written here is Jesus did not get in Peter's boat. He got in a boat that he found out it was Peter's. And the, the, the boats were sitting on the shore... Imagine leaving this afternoon, and, and, and if you want to know who belongs to that nice car out there, go sit in it. 
they'll let you know it belongs to them. Okay? You'll know it belongs to them because they'll be the one walking up the window saying, what are you doing in my car? Years ago, I was at a used car lot, and we were looking around at the cars, and I really didn't see anything that I liked, but I, I stopped and looked at this one, and, you know, I kind of like this one. And I, I sat down in it, and I thought, you know, they, they probably just got it in because they haven't detailed it or anything, you know. And the keys are in ignition, so I thought, oh, cool. So I pulled the door shut, and I started. A few moments later, a guy walks up and opens the door and said, can I help you? I said, well, how about I take this for a test drive? He goes, dude, this is my car. I said, well, I started it for you. It's running now. So, so Jesus, Jesus walked up to the two boats, and he sat down in one of them. Peter's off over there, and he's... he's He's cleaning his nets. Now, there, there, there are very few of us in here that are fishermen. We don't understand that scene, but if you understand what's taking place, they have fished all night. And they fish at night because when you're throwing a net, you don't want the fish to be able to see the net coming. And, and they fished all night, and they've got nothing. And they're frustrated, and now they're... They're back on shore. It's morning. It's time that they would normally be at the market collecting all the, the money that they made and none of that. It's like, what, what happened, man? Why did we catch any fish? And maybe the nets are dirty. Maybe something's... In the boats, it says that they're standing. They've, uh, they stood the boats up because they wanted to check the bottom of the boats. Is there something wrong with the boat? And, and is there something wrong with our nets? Let's clean our nets, man. We can't keep having days like this. You ever have days where you want to say, I, I, keep, I can't keep having days like this? And, and that's their situation. And Jesus walks up and he, he puts one of the boats down and he gets in the boat and Peter's over there washing his nets. Well, who's in my boat? I, I, I understand. I understand down through the years we've been taught that Jesus called Peter because he was bold Jesus called Peter because he was a leader. Jesus called Peter because of... And, and here, here's the issue with that, because then if that's why Jesus called Peter or chose him, then, then there was a reason why God chose me and you. He chose you because, fill in the blank, because you have a heart of compassion. He chose you because you are bold. He chose you because you are fearless. He chose you because... And there's times that that works. But there are times when you're not fearless. Are you following me? And there's times when you're not bold. And there's times when you're not compassionate. And listen to me for a moment. And, and, and if you're not careful, if you buy into this that God called you or chose you because you had a quality that he needed, then this becomes a bondage. Because there are days that you wake up and you don't have that quality. And you can't live up to that. And so when this was written, 
by Luke, Dr. Luke, he was very specific in his language. He, he said that Jesus got into a boat. And again, the linguists tell me that, that if, if Jesus was specifically looking for Peter's boat, Dr. Luke would have written, and Jesus got in Peter's boat. But he didn't write it that way. He said he got in a boat that belonged to Peter. And Peter walked up to him. And Jesus, it says, the King James says he prayed to Simon. That means he was humble. And he was requesting. He said, would you, would you push me out a little bit? And would you... Push me out a little ways. Do you know when Peter got called? And he said yes. I know that's different than what you've been taught. But this is a word of freedom. Listen to me for a moment. Because if I, I think God needs me because of blank, then, then the, if the enemy takes that away from me, God don't need me no more. But Jesus goes up to Peter when Peter is in a mess. Peter's not even right with God he says so at the end of the, the verses we read I'm a sinner I want you to know something that God doesn't need you to be anything he just needs you to be willing he just needs you and I to know our place he came up to these guys in the middle of their mess and simply said would you say yes to me can I tell you something God don't need you to be this he just needs you to be real and real people are messy people years ago I I was inspired a message and part of what inspired me as I overheard a, a church leader in our denomination make this statement, oh man, he's got it. Yeah, he's got it going on. He's tall. He's handsome. His suits fit well. His wife is beautiful. There's nothing holding him back. I thought, is this a tryout for GQ magazine? Or to preach the word of God? many years ago but I keep preached a message called Ken and Barbie Christians that they're just perfect I know grown up you women hated Barbie dolls I hated Ken dolls I didn't look like Ken I mean this morning 
I spent all that time on my hair and I get outside and the wind's blowing. I had to go like that and fix it. <laughs> I just... You know, there, there was a time when I, I thought I was a soldier for God. He needed me to do this. He needed me. And I... That became a religious bondage. You know, he didn't, he didn't call me when I had it all together. He called me when I was a mess. And he can use me when I'm a mess. And we, we, if we're not careful, we'll fall into this idea that we can only be used of God when we've got it all together. When we understand everything, when we feel right inside, when we... I've been there as a believer. I've been there when I felt moved of the Holy Spirit to go talk to somebody and... I'm not, I'm not feeling it today. I don't know if I can, I can put it together. I don't know if... I remember one time sitting across a table from an individual who was deeply involved in the occult, and I was witnessing to them, and, and there was a lot of spiritual stuff going on, and I'm losing that battle, you know? I'm trying to share them with God, and I can't keep my train of thought I can't and man it's, it's just a mess I've done my best to share but it's just a mess it seems like it's having no effect I thought for a moment that I'd fail God we're about ready to finish up we finished up our lunch we're about ready to leave I'd been there for an hour and a half and they got up and went to the restroom and I bowed my head and I said God I'm so sorry I failed you I I, I, I had a hard time keeping my thoughts straight. I didn't. I had things that I thought you wanted me to say, and I kept forgetting to say them. And as I'm, I'm praying this prayer, this, this lady comes up and she taps me on the shoulder, and I look up at her, and she said she's got tears in her eyes. She said, "I, I sat here in the last hour in this booth behind you, listening to you talk." She said, I used to walk with God. And she said, it was just so beautiful. And she said, I want you to know that uh, Sunday I'm going to church. I, I prayed a few moments ago and gave my heart back to God. And I found out that, you know what, he don't need me to be. He don't need me to be a giant. He just needs me to be a boy that will go down into the valley. He just needs me. I like what Sister Rice preached a while back. It's to the level of your yes. You know when Peter was called? Listen, Jesus didn't need Peter. He needed the boat. And the boat happened to be Peter's. Now listen, now if that offends your religious upbringing let me let me close it out when jesus is done and ministry and he's about to go to the cross he says this father i have kept those 
you gave me. You get the impression Jesus didn't make those choices. Are, are you hearing me? Listen, the Spirit of God led him to that boat. <laughs> Come on, folks. And it didn't matter that the owner of the boat was in a mess and having one of the worst days of his life. And so when, when your life is not going right, you, you're as available to be used of God as anybody. If you think you've got to have it all together, you've got to be a, 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 a beacon of faith. If you think you've got you've to know exactly what to... All you really need to do is just say yes. Now, I, I like this story because it doesn't tell us all of it. There's some details, but we get some impression. First off, it said that he taught them for a while. But the Bible doesn't tell us what he taught. What did he teach? And you get the impression that the only two people in the boat are Jesus and Peter. So when it says that they cast the net, who's the they? I want to tell you, he is so personal. And he's so personable. And, and if you think that you've got to be all this, you don't understand him. He needs to take all that out of you until you're all nothing because it's his glory that's got to work through you. And if you think your mess disqualifies you, you don't understand our God. It's not his glory and your glory that makes something happen. It's his glory and your mess that he uses. So that at the end, he gets all the glory. He gets all the glory. It isn't that you're bold as a lion. It's that he makes you bold as a lion. It isn't that you're fearless. He makes you fearless. I saw a video of a young lady at her high school on the day of prayer, and it's, it's a beautiful video in that the boldness of the Lord came on her. And you could tell by her demeanor that she was a kind of a backward person, and and, and she's kind of demure, and she's, she's you know, she's a, a slight build. And, and you could see, David, you could literally see the Spirit of God come on her. And she begins to just declare the word of the Lord at her high school out in front. And all these people are, and she's just bold, and she's laying it down, you know. And then you could just see the Spirit of the Lord just stop. And, and she go back to her. She goes, I guess that's all I have to say. And, okay, thank you guys. I love you guys. And she walks off. It's like, you know what God wants? Listen to me. You got a mess? Give it to him. 
your mess is not bigger than his cleaning ability. God doesn't look for people. I shared with you a number of years ago, God told me this. I was just going through, through my day and, and he said this to me. He said, I've got too many successful preachers. I stopped and I thought, what in the world? I, I knew he wasn't talking about me. <laughs> he said, I've got too many successful preachers. But, but you know, when he says something, it comes with a download. And I instantly knew what he meant. He had so many preachers that they could do what they do without him. They don't need him. They're successful. They're tall, good-looking. Their suits fit them well. I'm telling you, there's an awakening coming to this land. And it will not be by successful people. It'll be by people like Peter who, I'm a mess. Because when God uses people who are in a mess, those that see it happen realize, oh, that, 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 wasn't, that wasn't Mike. That was God through Mike. That wasn't Gail Beth. That wasn't Rebecca. That wasn't John. John's a nice guy, but John can't do that. Are you with me? And yet we spend so much of our time trying to not be. So he entered into one of the ships, which was Simon, and he prayed them that he would thrust out a little from the land. Verse 5. And Simon answering said unto him, Master, we have toiled all the night and have taken nothing. I'm going to tell you something. When God calls you to do something, if it makes perfect sense, run. It's not God. If what you're, you feel called to do is the expected outcome of your efforts and your abilities, it's not God. You don't expect David to go down into the valley and beat the giant. Okay? You don't expect that. You don't expect Daniel to be alive in the morning. You don't expect Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego to have a, a visitation in the middle of the fire and to come out of the fire and their clothes not even smell like smoke. That's not expected. And we're talking about those stories today because God used very average, ordinary people who found themselves in a mess and they gave their mess to God, and God did something. And Peter is saying, listen, man, I, come on. We, we fished all night. I know fishing. You're a teacher. I'm a fisherman. Don't tell me my job. 
Don't tell me how to do it. And we forget that his ways are above our ways, and they are what? They are past finding out. There comes a time in every believer's life that you've got to get to the place where you're okay with that. How's this going to work? I don't know. Let's do it. Yeah, but what if? Yeah, I understand what if. Let's do it. There's a, a redneck joke that says, one of the last thing rednecks have said is, hold my beer, watch this. I think we Christians need to take that over. Hold my, hold my Bible, watch this. Watch this. I was tested once, and I, I was as sincere and hard. I don't know if he was, but I was sincere and hard. I had to put some humor on it because I was a little scared, but we were at a funeral. And I was there to support a, a brother, you know, a, a friend of mine, and he, he attended the church we pastored in. He came over to me, and he was serious. He said, Brother Mike, um, listen, Pastor, there's an old lady in the casket. He said, um, if God tells me to go drag her out of that casket, stand her up against a wall, will you go with me? You know what I said? I said, absolutely. I'll go with you. I meant it. I don't know if it's a test from God or not, but I meant it. And then I got a little concerned because <laughs> he had a serious look in his eye. I said, sure, I'll go with you. You drag her out, you lean her up against the wall, you pray for her. I said, if you let go and she falls to the floor, I'm out of here. You're on your own. <laughs> no, I ain't, I ain't sticking around. But let me ask you a question. Um, because, uh, you know, the enemy for too long sidelined me because I thought I had to be perfect. And I thought I had to have it all together. And I thought... I, I couldn't, I couldn't share God's heart with somebody on an individual basis when I'm a mess. I couldn't preach when I'm a mess. I can't teach when I'm a mess. I thought I had to... And that's a lie. He didn't, he didn't call me because I had it all together. He saved me because I'm a mess. It's no surprise you're a mess. He knows. Turn to the person next to you and say, He knows you're a mess. You're the only one who don't know you're a mess. Own it. We ought to have a t-shirt made up. I'm a mess and I own it. We ought to just, we ought to just do that. We ought to just own our mess. Because if you don't know you're a mess, then you've you got a pride problem. And God can't work through you when you've got a pride problem. He, he, he needs your mess. He didn't come to save those that are well. The physician goes to those that are sick. I want him coming to me. I'm sick. I'm a mess. And Peter began to argue with him. We, we, listen, man, we've done that all night long. And, but nevertheless, nevertheless, at your word, 
you're in Walmart, go pray for that person. I don't know. If you're like me, you, you start this stupid game in your head. I don't know if they want prayed for it. I'm not sure that you got. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Can anybody relate? I'm not in a good mood right now. The Walmart greeter didn't greet me. I'm taking a personal. I'm walking in a fence now. They look kind of mean, God. What if they... Give me another sign, God. Anybody? And I'm glad that he understands our mess. Because inwardly in my heart, I want to say yes. And I shared with you, and I'm not going to tell you the whole story, but except there was that one time I saw a lady and he pressed in my heart to go pray for her. And I started that stupid game like, well, I don't even know what I'm going to say to her. How do I approach her? Should I do this? Should I? And the Holy Spirit said, I'm going to make this easy on you. And she said, sir, do you know anything about these humidifiers? Of course, I'm an expert on humidifiers. I went to school for humidifiers. And the enemy will sideline you because you, you think that you've got to have it all together. And all he's looking for is you say, yes. And Peter has just told God, this ain't going to happen. But at your word, let me tell you something. That's all you're going to get. That's all you're going to get. It's all he needs. That's all you're going to get. The worlds were framed by the word of God. That still small voice inside of you comes with creative ability, delivering ability, redeeming ability, life-giving ability. If God has to, he'll suspend the laws of nature not too long after this story, Jesus shows up on the shoreline and there isn't a boat. But I'm just going to walk across. And as he's walking across, the disciples see him. Peter, Lord, if that's you, hear the mountain of faith? Come on, people. Lord, if that's you, bid me to come. Give me a word. And Jesus said, come. It works. How do you think that first step felt? We were, we were nuts as kids. Us rice boys had problems. I think we took too many whacks to the head. But one time we were down in North Carolina and a storm had come in. We were supposed to go out in a boat 
on a charter boat, but they'd canceled that because it was 15 to 18 foot seas. So we couldn't go out in a boat, so that's perfect swimming weather. And, and we went down to the beach, and if you've never been picked up by an 18-foot wave, you are not living life. And we'd go, we'd go out there to where, where it'd be chest-deep water, and the wave would come in, and it'd suck all the water, and it'd go down to your knees, and this big wave, and then you'd dive into it, and then you'd, and, and you'd go, man, it, it'd hold you up 10, 12 feet in the air. You'd go over top of people. And, of course, you know you've got to catch your breath because it's going to be a while before you get another chance. And then it's going to slam you down into the sand and tumble you all over. Man, that's fun. You don't know which way's up or down. And you struggle and struggle. You think you're about to die. And finally you're free. You can take a breath. You go doing that again. That's awesome. Did I tell you you don't really know what it's like to live for God unless you're willing to just step out and just throw caution to the wind? Instead of asking yourself, what if that isn't God? You ask yourself, what, it is, what if it is? And you just do it? You just say it? You just go there? You just let him, you just say, in spite of all of your intelligence, in spite of all of your experience, in spite, of, in spite of everything you think, you say to God, nevertheless, and you just do it. Pastor, God told me the funniest thing. He told me to put my hand on my own forehead and pray for myself. What should I do? Do it. He told me to go, just do it. I heard the testimony of a, a young lady. And at five years old, she had made her way to an altar during a revival. And gave her heart to God, and it really, it really meant something to her. And even though she was in a good family, when she got into her teen years, she got in trouble, and she made some bad decisions. And she began to look for love in all the wrong places. She's off at college and she gets pregnant and she makes the most horrible choice to have an abortion. And in her own words, she felt like she's being sucked down the tube now. Because how will I ever, ever, ever free my mind from that? I've murdered somebody. And how will God ever love me again? And in her own words, one evening she sat in her dorm and she's just burdened down with the weight of that. And she said, God, I so want to come back to you, but there's no way I will ever know that you love me. How could you? How could you? I've wasted the last 15 years of my life. How could you ever love me again? And she said her phone rang. And it was the pastor's wife at the church that she got saved at five years old. They hadn't talked since. And this pastor's wife said, 
you know, I was just, I was just out in my garden. And God brought you to my mind. And so I did a little research and I found your, where your parents live. And I called them and I got your number. And, and I just called you because God wanted me to tell you, he loves you. And, 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 and rightfully so, we all rejoice for the young lady that got that word. But the Bible said it's more blessed. And if there's going to be those people on that end, there has to be people on this end. And you know who those people on this end are to be? You and me. And our mess does not disqualify us. And our failures do not disqualify us. And our shortcomings do not. He doesn't call Kens and Barbies. Okay? He calls goofy, messy, dumb people. Somebody say amen. Some of y'all ought to be running and shouting right now. That's a word for you personally. That's, <laughs> that's like, oh my, the Holy Spirit is speaking right to me. Would you stand to your feet this morning? That's Bishop Michael Rice, lead pastor of Encounter. More messages from Pastor Rice are available at our website, godenc.com. You can subscribe to our regular podcast through our website or on iTunes. Find us on Facebook under Encounter.